Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. We now know that there are three students who were fatally wounded, as well as three adults inside the school. A 28-year-old woman shot and killed six people at a Christian school in Nashville. This is not the setting that you expect. I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. The players are not the people that you would ordinarily expect. We're a beacon on the hill shining God's truth. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Wednesday. Lots to talk about. We'll get to the aftermath of the Nashville shooting, which uh, some of the things that are being said by the left will blow your mind. First off, though, the New York City grand jury investigating former President Donald Trump and alleged campaign hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels, they're going to take a month-long break without issuing an indictment. Now, you heard it here first that this was not going to amount to anything, that there would be no indictment. And my theory on this is Alvin Bragg wants this to go away. In other words, instead of coming out and just saying, we blew it, we failed, we had nothing, this is an embarrassment, but you know what, the best we can do is hide our tail between our legs and you know waddle off into the sunset. Now, what he's doing is, well, we're going to take a break from this, hoping you will forget about it, and uh, a month from now, it will be, it'll be gone, it'll be forgotten, and it'll never come up again. And that is my next prediction. It will never come up again. It's done. The FBI is not treating the shooting in Nashville that killed six, including three small children, as an act of domestic terrorism. This is unbelievable. (laughs) For how many weeks and months, years now, have we been looking at a two-tier justice system? I mean, really, it started when Donald Trump went into office. And we started seeing his investigation. We saw Hillary Clinton was treated one way. Donald Trump was treated another. And now it has trickled all the way down to everyday Americans. If this does not fit the definition of a hate crime, I don't know what does. It is an act of domestic terrorism. FBI's uh, definition of domestic terrorism is violent criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups to further ideological goals stemming from domestic influences, such as those of a political, religious, social, racial, or an environmental nature. Now, if, if they had come out and said, we're still investigating it, we'll let you know. But uh, right now they come, no, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, Wow. If it was terrorism, we would have had federal jurisdiction, given that National Metro is leading the investigation. I think you can take a lot from that. Elizabeth Clement Webb, a spokesperson for the Memphis field office of the FBI, which includes Nashville, told the Daily Wire. I think we'll learn more over time. She said it appears not to be federal. Uh, Yesterday, Republican Senator Josh Hawley called on the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security, and the FBI to open up a federal hate crime investigation after the shooting happened. Quote, this murderous rampage, this taking of innocent life, was a horrific crime, but more specifically, it was a hate crime. 
Hawley said during his remarks on the Senate floor. It's a crime under federal law to target and commit acts of violence against Americans because of their religious beliefs, because of their religious affiliation, because of their religious practices. This should not happen in the United States of America, and we now must act to see if that it does not spread. Now, what's interesting about this is there was a manifesto, which we have not yet seen. We've seen practically everything else, including the footage, uh, the footage of the police video when they went in and took out this 28-year-old woman. But And we might. I'm not, you know, perhaps they're going through it with a fine-tooth comb before they release it, but shouldn't we not be able to see this? And should this not be on the shadow of the doubt? Let us know if this was a hate crime or if this was domestic terrorism. Why are we not seeing it? Well, I can tell you why. Because the woke politically correct narrative doesn't want to make anybody in the trans community look bad. Even though, as we mentioned yesterday, there are those in the wake community, the woke community, that are saying, hey, you know what? Don't just tell people to be quiet. Don't just shout them down. Kill them. So yesterday, after Josh Hawley made this speech on the Senate floor, a reporter asked Joe Biden whether or not he agrees that Christians were targeted in the attack, to which Joe Biden made a joke out of it. I'm not kidding. I, I had the audio, but it's so hard to hear. It was when he was going out to get on Marine One and the engines are roaring and you, you, can, you can't hear the, you can barely hear the reporter and you hardly hear Joe. But... Um, he was asked to respond to GOP Senator Josh Hawley's claim that he believes Christians were targeted in Monday's school shooting in Nashville. Biden told the reporter at the White House, well, I probably don't then. In other words, if Josh Hawley believes it, then I don't. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Then he, as he always, oh, no, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm sorry. You don't joke about that, you moron. Uh, you know, I actually feel bad that 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 the presidency has come to what it has under Joe Biden. And I, I actually, I, you know, it, it bothers me that I call the president a moron. But you, hello, you, you say that? I mean, this guy does this every day, this kind of ridiculous response. So Josh Hawley was on Laura Ingram last night. Here's what he had to say related to Joe Biden making a joke out of whether or not these individuals were targeted because they were Christians. Cut one. That is totally beneath the dignity of the office of the presidency of the United States. This is a guy, this is an office that has the responsibility of leading this country. Children are dead. And can I just say to the parents out there that words don't begin to express the loss that you must be feeling. And as a parent myself, three small kids, I can't imagine. But I, I know that these parents, as, as believers, know that we don't grieve as those without hope, that we look forward to, to the day when these kids are raised again. But listen, this is a terrible, terrible tragedy. Biden should be acknowledging the targeting of people of faith. He should be saluting the law enforcement officers who put their lives on the line and saved hundreds of kids. But he should be saying, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to call it for what it is, a hate crime. And we're going to do a full investigation to make sure it doesn't happen again. Thank goodness for guys like Josh Hawley. Few and far between, I'm afraid, in D.C. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, listen, if you did not believe in spiritual warfare before, if you did not believe in good and evil, if you did not believe that there are people that are diametrically opposed to biblical values, you ought to believe it now. Out in Arizona, Carrie Lake, who was supposed to be the governor out there, lost to Katie Hobbs, who is ultra-left. Katie Hobbs's spokeswoman, this is unbelievable. She, uh, by the way, she has since resigned. She resigned after this, she, all kinds of flack came out about these comments that she made. She tweeted, well, is more of a, of a picture, but she also had comments. So the spokeswoman for Katie Hobbs tweeted an image on Monday after the shooting suggesting that transphobes should be gunned down right after this woman who identified as a transgender killed the six people, including three young children. The gif was taken, da- taken from a 1980 film, Gloria, tweeted by Jocelyn Berry, Hobbs press secretary, showed actress Gina Rollins wielding two pistols and was captured, quote, us when we see transphobes. So I, I'm assuming this Gina Rollins is a transgender, I'm assuming. I don't know from the way she wrote it. Us when we see transphobes. In other words, if, and listen, because you're against gender surgery on minors, because you're against drag shows, because you're against pornography in the public library or the school library, does not mean you hate trans people. In fact, we referred to this report yesterday that World Magazine and the Washington Post reported on, and the, the writer of that piece in his concluding remarks said, you know what, the quote allies, the supposed allies of these transgender people who want to go in and get what they call medical care, what we would call mutilating the body, these, quote, allies are not allies at all. They're the enemy. They're the enemy of the trans. Because you know what? There's not happiness at the end of the day when these trans individuals who go through this transitioning process. There's regret, but there's, there's no happiness. They haven't found utopia. I mean, it's, it's a conflict between the inner self that thinks they're the wrong gender and the body that says, no, this is your gender. Less than 12 hours after the tragic shooting in Nashville by Katie, uh, by the activist, the transgender activist, Katie Hobbs, press secretary, calls for shooting people Democrats, uh, uh, disagree, uh, Democrats disagree with. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's just her, her, her comments was just the Democrats disagree with or trans disagree with. But uh, this, this is unbelievable. Are, are, are people this deranged? Are, frankly, are, are people this stupid? Did she not? Did she think she could post this on social media after this happened? I mean, either either making a joke after these three young children and three adults are shot down and killed 
Is she making a joke or, or is she serious? By the way, kudos to, um, as we're learning more and more, to not only the two police officers who, remember the shooting down in Florida a few years ago, the Parkland shooting in Florida? Remember the aftermath of that, that there were security officers and police officers that basically cowered outside the school building while people inside were being slaughtered? These two police officers even under gunfire, went in and took this individual out. But also kudos to the headmistress of the Covenant School in Nashville, uh, Catherine Kuntz, 61 years old. She was on a Zoom call with someone, heard the first shot. She said, I got to go. Immediately left the Zoom call. I don't even know if she hung up, but immediately left the Zoom call, went, rushed toward the gunfire in hopes of stopping this uh, 28-year-old woman and uh, was shot and killed. Um, Josh Hawley is, is right. You know, we grieve not as those who have no hope. We believe in the resurrection. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to understand why God is sovereign. He's on his throne and... Uh, Maybe one day we will understand why. Maybe we'll see some, I, I know this sounds upside down. Maybe in this lifetime we'll see some something good come of this. Uh, it, it probably, we, we won't understand why until we're in eternity. We're in heaven. We're reunited with these believers, these young kids. I mean, again, I, I get uh, choked up. When I uh, hear the dad, the pastor of the uh, little girl, the nine-year-old girl, his daughter, Chad uh, Scruggs' daughter, and, you know, to the situation, he said, you know, she went to school and uh, in an instant she was in the arms of Jesus. Uh, I, I, I hope I could, uh, I could say that. And, boy, there's going to be a lot of tears a lot of tears coming. I mean, right now, they're probably still in shock. There's going to be a lot of tears coming. Hey, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, the response from the left-wing media to this is mind-boggling. You, you wonder how these people, these seemingly intelligent people, can be this caustic, this uh, uncaring, this unloving, this blind it's unbelievable. Stay with us. We'll have that when we get back. Ride and shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back. And it is March 29th. March is coming to an end. April Fool's on Saturday. Get ready with your pranks. It was uh, 87 years ago. You, you talk about strange politics and, and how people can be manipulated. I'm it, Dr. Joe Biden's husband. <laughs> That's strange politics. Uh, 87 years ago, 1936, Adolf Hitler received 98.8% of the votes in Germany's national elections. Uh, whether or not there was voter fraud in that one, I, I don't know. I was not there. I was uh, not even a twinkle in my dad's eye. But, um, yeah, 
of the German people voted for Adolf Hitler. Uh, taking a look at you, and, and he wasn't even from Germany. He was Austrian. Take a look at your weather forecast tonight. Clear skies, low of 40 degrees. Tomorrow, sunshine, a high around 65. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, a low of 44. Friday is really nice. A mix of clouds and sun, a high of 75. And Friday night, a low of 63. Chance of rain on Saturday, April Fool's Day. And I'm not trying to fool you. It's only a 30% chance. Uh, what I really like, though, is that high temperature, 82 degrees. Maybe we're uh, maybe the cold, cold days are behind us now. Looking down the road, and we'll see a lot of a uh, couple days in the 60s, but uh, a lot of 70s, which is what I like. Fox News is reporting pastors and conservative leaders are starting to weigh in on the reaction by journalists and entertainers who are mocking prayer and are bringing attention to Tennessee's drag show ban. As if because there's this drag show ban in Tennessee, they deserve what they got during the Nashville shooting. I mean, they, they won't be as so bold as to come out and just say that straight out. But that's what they're saying. Family Research, Research Council President Tony Perkins reiterated the people should still turn to prayer. Quote, we must return to the only lasting source of hope and freedom, the Lord Jesus Christ. He added, the church must stand uncompromisingly upon the truth of God's word, which is the source of hope and freedom. Nothing Washington is doing will matter until we acknowledge and address the moral decay and brokenness plaguing our culture. Curtis Hawk of the Right-Leaning Media Research Council said of the coverage that it has been horrendous. The media coverage is absolutely tainted by the facts of this case, with both the location and victims being outside what one would view as traditionally liberal, secular world in which much of the journalism profession operates. So there's already a bias and a lack of both compassion and knowledge about the victims of the school run by a church in the right-leaning denomination of the Presbyterian Church in America. But along with this proximity bias, the coverage has been horrendous on account of the fact that the victims represent the kind of worldview that the left views as backward and hateful and whose very existence contributes to the suffering of groups they hold dear, supporters of abortion, the LGBTQ community, traditional views on sex, etc. If this had been a MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporter murdering three children and three adults inside a mosque, the media coverage would be teeming with stories, making broad generalizations about Christians and conservatives, suggesting they're a danger to the rest of the country and should be thought of as such, Hulk said. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that any better. So some of the comments that are coming out. First of all, the president Quote, as a nation, we owe these families much more than our prayers. We owe them action past my gun legislation. That was his response. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee tweeted that he was closely monitoring the tragic situation at Covenant, Covenant School and Covenant Presbyterian Church on Monday, asking people to please join us in praying for the school congregation in the Nashville community. Quote, to, to that, this quote came out, 
If thoughts and prayers alone worked to stop gun violence, there wouldn't have been a shooting at a Christian elementary school. It's your actions, including weakening the state gun laws that are killing kids in Tennessee. Shame on you. Covenant School. Gun control activist Shannon Watts of Moms Demand Action. He tweeted that comment to the governor's call for prayers. Left-wing sports writer Mike Wise responded in agreement to one Twitter user who said, I don't condone Audrey Hale's action, though I understand their outrage against an intolerant state that brainwashes children through religious indoctrination. The reality is this human still identified as a child attending that school and carried that pain into adulthood. See, it's not her fault. It's the church and the church school's fault. It's their indoctrination and their brainwashing that made her go haywire. It's not her fault. She was the victim of this school, according to this Mike Wise. Not a very wise man. Progressive talk show host David Pakman mocked the Covenant School community for not praying enough. Very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school given the lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly, despite being a Christian school? Yeah, straight mockery. You know, uh, the Bible's real clear. God sits in heaven and looks down at mockers like this and laughs. I hope these people, I sincerely hope these people repent before before they go to meet Jesus. All of us will go meet Jesus. Some will... Some will have incredible joy and some will have incredible fear. Several others slammed the state for banning drag shows and gender-affirming care for children instead of guns. Drag shows and gender-affirming care for minors were banned in Tennessee this month while assault weapons remain legal, Newsweek tweeted. Again, yeah, eh, they deserve what they got. Thank God Tennessee protected the children from the so-called horrors of drag and gender-affirming care so they can be shot up at school by an AR-15 and said. Instead, civil rights attorney and Harvard Law clinical instructor Alejandra Caraballo said in a limited tweet. ABC's Terry Moran noted that, quote, the state of Tennessee earlier this month passed the governor and the governor signed a, ban that ban, uh, a bill rather that banned transgender medical care for minors. Medical care for minors. Chopping off their genitals. Chopping off the breast of young girls. That's what he calls medical care for minors. Unbelievable. To which all this, and by the way, uh, that, that's about half the quotes that were available from this article. There was many more. Ted Cruz responded to all these by saying, maybe thoughts and prayers aren't enough. The Covenant School shooting was horrific, he tweeted. For everyone who says thoughts and prayers aren't enough, I agree. Ask why every single Senate Dem voted against my bill doubling police officers in school. One armed officer could have stopped this lunatic before that child was killed. And the Dems voted against that. You know why? Because their aim is to get rid of your guns. They want Americans to not have the ability to defend themselves. Not only to defend themselves from the burglars and thugs and 
thieves and murderers and rapists in our society, but to defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. That's why the Dems don't want you to have guns. And that's why they don't want an alternative to protect the kids. This playing of the violin of protecting the kids is strictly a means to an end to get the guns out of your hand. You know, this is interesting. Um, talking about all this on one hand and how there's so many people coming after Christians. Jonathan Turley has an article today. Aaron Edwards, a theologian, this is in England, at Cliff College in England, has been fired. This guy's a theologian at this college, has been fired after he declared homosexuality a sin. He was also threatened with being reported to authorities as a terrorist for his views. It is the latest attack on religious and political speech in Great Britain. Now, I understand these are two different countries. But, yeah, I mean, and, and generally speaking, the United States is a little, you know, five, ten years down the road from what happens in Great Britain. Although, right now, Great Britain has got more sensible laws coming forth on the whole transgender issue and operating and giving chemicals to children. They've got more sense than the United States does. But consider the lead story we had today was the fact that the FBI so far has refused to call this domestic terrorism in the United States. What happened in Nashville? That it was not, and again, so far, maybe they'll change their mind, especially after the public outrage comes forward. So an individual coming in to a Christian school, to a church school, and again, had a manifesto. We don't know what's in it yet, which is a little odd. Goes in and shoots him up. The FBI doesn't want to call that domestic terrorism. And again, as one of the other writers pointed out, if this had been a MAGA Republican in a mosque, it would be domestic terrorism. So you have the FBI refusing to do that. But because in, in Great Britain, because a theologian who might know something about the Bible has called homosexuality a sin. I think, I think the guy's probably read the Bible a couple of times. And listen, it, it, it's not that hard to find. Calls homosexuality. And listen, I'm, I, by the way, homosexuality is not the only sin, okay? I mean, I mean I'm not picking on I'm, I'm just saying the Bible makes it real clear that the, the act of homosexuality is a sin. This guy's a theologian. He says it. And they want to report him as a domestic terrorist. <laughs> we got to take a time out. We'll be right back.
picking the money. How about the 20 bucks you owe me? Oh, yeah. Well, I only got 10, so here's 10. I owe you 10. Thanks. While the banks play their games. Hey, Mo, you owe me 20. Well, here's 10, I'll owe you 10. You don't have to feel like a stooge. Uh-uh. You owe me 20. Here's 10, I owe you 10. Here's the 10, I owe you. Bank on us to keep you up to date. Here's the 10, I owe you. Here's the 10, I owe you. Good. Now we're all even. Because we like to keep you current. See? Now back to news and views with Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy. Welcome back in. Uh, perhaps uh, Roy Cooper, our gov, is uh, losing his touch uh, today for the first time since 2018. The North Carolina House successfully voted to override a governor veto, Senate Bill 41. The bill will now become law. The bill dealt with... Um, an act to authorize concealed carry permit holders to carry firearms on certain school property at certain times. Basically, it was to allow school buildings that are being used as churches on Sundays, uh, individuals who had concealed carry could carry their concealed carry weapon with them into the building during the church service and again, this is, this is good common sense. Talked the other day about literally the thousands of crimes that are stopped by concealed carry Good Samaritans carrying uh, guns. And uh, unfortunately, what we saw happen in Nashville, uh, which was, I, I can't remember if any other Christian schools. Well, we had the, uh, remember the, the uh, shooting up in Pennsylvania at that Amish school, but... Uh, there have been plenty of shootings within churches and in other state. well, in situations where individuals could carry in churches, uh, those uh, perpetrators were taken out. So this is an opportunity for those people to defend themselves. The bill also is uh, to repeal pistol purchase permits and to launch a statewide firearm safe storage awareness initiative to educate the public about the importance of safe storage of firearms and to facilitate the distribution of gun locks. And by the way, the um, pass, passing on the uh, pistol permit, uh, sheriffs, a, a vast majority of the state sheriffs were in favor of this bill. So uh, Governor Roy, for the first time since 2018, uh, He's had a veto overridden. The uh, vote was 71 to 46 with three Democrats notably absent. So uh, didn't want to be there for the vote. Didn't want to vote against it. Didn't want to vote for it. So they didn't show up. Education First North Carolina is reporting that East Carolina School of Medicine is forcing employees and students to take radical reproductive justice and transgender liberation lessons the claim limiting abortion, quote, serves to further a white supremacist agenda and promotes LGBTQ curriculum in public schools. ECU's new gender clinic for kids four and up is led by Associate Director for Internal Medicine and Pediatrics, Dr. Colby Denty. Denty is also the diversity, equity, and inclusiveness trainer at the school. Um, in the uh, uh, in the brochure from the I'm sorry from the this is actually from the learning material little quote quotation here 
Women of color understand how policies controlling welfare, access to contraceptives, and other family planning services, abortion access, the war on drugs, and the criminalization of women of color who use drugs, largely black women, serve to further a white supremacist agenda that is very much intent upon controlling the childbearing of black women and other women of color. Wow, again, this is out of Education First North Carolina. Black women can only achieve social, political, and economic parity with whites and full human rights after being guaranteed unfettered access to free abortions. Um, Might I add that Margaret Sanger, this is not out of the article, but I'm just saying, Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortionist, was all about eugenics. She advocated the elimination of what she called the dregs of society, and that she would have included the black population in her description, the dregs of society. So she was all about abortion. And and, and the fact that this is basically saying that pro-lifers are against black women having access to abortion, uh, uh, again, uh, go look it up for yourself, Education First North Carolina. John Hood has an interesting article, and uh, I tell you, let's take our last time out. I want to get to this and not be interrupted. It's an analysis of the High Point University poll concerning what North Carolina citizens think are important and who handles those issues the best. We'll be right back. Back to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Interesting story out of the Daily Wire. FTX co-founder Salmon Bankman-Fried was charged by the Justice Department in a superseding indictment on Tuesday of allegedly paying millions of dollars of bribes to a member of the Chinese Communist Party. Apparently, there were literally billions of dollars in cryptocurrency that the Chinese government had uh, taken from FDX, FTX, I should say. And uh, Bankman-Fried authorized and directed a bribe of at least $40 million to one or more Chinese government officials. The purpose of the bribe was to influence and induce one or more Chinese government officials to unfreeze certain uh, Alameda trading accounts containing over a billion dollars in cryptocurrency, which had been frozen by Chinese authorities. Uh, Bankman-Fried's problems continue to mount up. This individual is uh, probably going to spend a long, long time behind bars. John Hood has got a good article out today talking about a new poll out survey from High Point University. He says, North Carolina remains a political battleground based on election outcomes. I think it's fair to describe us as a competitive state with a reddish lean. North, that means Republican, obviously. North Carolinians are more likely than the average state to describe themselves as politically conservative. Maybe not as many as Mississippi or Alabama, but still. I do think Democrats are in a tough spot, John writes. North Carolina Democrats have raised and spent a lot of money on races. Still, they end up losing. 
Democrats lack credibility with swing voters. They need to prevail. Consider a recent survey from High Point University and its polling team presented 793 registered North Carolina voters with a list of 20 issues that are relevant to state government. Respondents were asked to classify each issue, very important, somewhat important, not very important, or not at all important. The top 10 issues ranked in descending order according to how many North Carolinian voters attached the very important label to them. School safety was one, followed by inflation, education, healthcare, law enforcement, supporting veterans, opioids, job creation, voting integrity, and taxes. Next, the poll asked the respondents whether they thought Democrats or Republicans would do a better job in dealing with that issue. Of the 13 issues where the partisan preference was statistically significant, Democrats enjoyed the advantage on four. Republicans had the advantage on nine. The ones that Republicans had uh, more influence, inflation, veterans, opioids, law enforcement, job creation, taxes, agriculture, and immigration and guns. Among the 10 issues North Carolinians are most worried about, Republicans have an edge on six. The two parties are essentially tied on three. Democrats have the advantage on just one, healthcare. Does this matter? He says, yes. And uh, he says that's why he thinks the Republicans, that the Republicans will continue to stay in power in the legislature. He does say Republicans have a hard time winning the governor's race. And interestingly, this poll, uh, Roy Cooper's got pretty good numbers. Actually, the state legislature's got pretty good numbers, too. Congress has terrible numbers. Uh, the presidential candidates, both Republican and Democrat, have pretty bad numbers. But what's interesting here, which I thought was uh, interesting anyway, consider what the mainstream media tells you is the most important. I mean, if you look at the news, you would think that we well, think transgenderism is at the top of the list, but you'd also think climate change is at the top of the list. Um, you'd also think that abortion is at the top of the list. They're not. School safety, this is in the order of importance of, of the issues that were given. School safety, inflation, health care in general, education, supporting veterans, law enforcement, opioids like fentanyl, job creation, taxes, civil rights, housing prices, voting integrity, Voting integrity, N not, not, you know, certain people are disenfranchised. Voting integrity, that ranked higher than abortion and climate change. Cybersecurity, guns, interesting. Guns, how many far down the list is that? 11 and 12. Uh, agriculture, immigration. I'm, I'm surprised immigration wasn't higher. Uh, then comes abortion and climate change, transportation, infrastructure, rural development. And again, you know, I, I, what's interesting about this is how much publicity climate change and abortion have gotten. And yet the average North Carolinian, no, that's not that important to them. This is, uh, <laughs> this is an interesting story to end on out of Fox News. There was a airline drama. It's been lighting up social media, attracted more than 4,000 reactions, 2,000 comments in less than 15 hours. An 18-year-old man was traveling to his home country. Did not say which one. 
Uh, the trip was 12 hours. He gets on the plane and he said, that's when things got ugly. I had the delightful sight of an obese man who was taking up a good chunk of my seat. Uh, I, I won't go into the names, although this 18-year-old said, am I being a, I'll use the word jerk. <laughs> he used a more colorful term for himself. The man continued his no-holes-barred narrative about the situation. I'm not a small guy myself. I've got broad shoulders. I'm six foot three. The seat is already uncomfortable. The man that I was supposed to sit next to was literally flowing over into my seat. What surprised me about this is, generally speaking, the airlines would say, you need to either go in first class or you need to buy two seats. I mean, that's not uncommon. Um, the man continued, I asked the flight attendant, is it possible to get another seat? She said, no, we're full. It's that or nothing. And uh, after continuing to complain, the flight attendant basically said that the 18-year-old was being rude. Uh, what's interesting is the 18-year-old said he got a lot of comments, both for and against him. And he was just asking, and this article asks, what would you do? And I understand what he's saying. I, uh, now, listen, I, I, you know, if it was a 20-minute flight from Greenville to Charlotte, it wouldn't be a big deal. If you've ever been in an airplane, and I have, I flew over to India one time, and uh, I think it was an eight-hour shot and then about a nine-hour shot, and it is a long trip to be in a situation like he's talking about. I won't make any comments. I'm just saying it's it's rather interesting. How would you react? Now, one person, actually the overweight gentleman called uh, this 18-year-old someone who was, uh, um, how did he word? Basically said, you've got fat phobia. <laughs> Can't make it up. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again on Thursday. We'll see you then at five. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.